Good morning. I was told of a story of uh, an older woman who lived in a country, and one time she went out shopping, and typical to some people, she locked her keys in the car. So when she came back, she couldn't get back into the car, so she was so frustrated. So she began praying, say, God, please send me someone to help me. A few minutes later on, a big, big guy, black jacket, tattoos on a motorbike pulls up. So the woman tells her the problem. Says, well, this is my problem. Can you please help me? The man says, sure, I can help you. In 15 minutes, the car was open. So then the woman said, oh, thank you very much. You're such a kind man, a very nice young man. The man says to the woman, don't call me nice. I've just broken out of jail for auto theft. So the woman said, God, thank you, even send me a professional. <laughs> we don't need to be professionals to attain eternal life. The readings today talk about eternal life and life after. This time of the year, in November, in December, like, like especially in Northern Hemisphere, we have this season, the fall season. And it comes in a time when you see leaves turning yellow, falling down. And after some time, you see the trees, they almost look dead. The question is, are those trees really dead? Because you know what's going to happen in the spring. New life is going to come out of them. What we saw as if they were dead, new life springs up. And this thing also comes at a time where by the month of November, the church dedicated it to remember all our deceased loved ones. So today, the themes also, as we know, we are coming towards the end of the church year. Next year, next week, going to be the third, third Sunday, then Christ, the King of the Universe, and then Advent, they will be ending church year. But towards the end, the readings come to remind us of these eschatological times. In the first reading we heard today from the second book of Maccabees, going back to understand what's happening, in the year 1960, Antiochus Epiphanes IV conquered Egypt. And after conquering Egypt, he came up with a plan that in order to rule my empire very well, everything must be Greek. He began to spread everything to be Greek. So Greek idols, Greek foods, everything. Among that, also worshiping Greek idols, some Jews who are living in Egypt, in Alexandria, refused that. They said, no, we are true and faithful to the customs of our ancestors and our God. So today, the reading we hear today, they are being forced to eat pork. When I was reading this gospel, I said, I wish it was me. I love pork, so I wouldn't be forced. But we know that, why were they refusing to eat pork? Because we know pork is one of the unclean foods in the Torah. So it was considered unclean. So forcing them to break the customs of their ancestors, of God, they said, we'll rather they die. And so they're trying to convince them with torture and death. But they're saying, no, we shall rise again. You can kill this body, but you shall raise again. They are so convinced, filled with faith of who they are and whom they worship. One of my favorite writers, uh, 
Charles Bokoski, who was an American German poet. He wrote and said that the biggest danger we have in our world today that the smart and intelligent people are full of doubt for themselves. They're full of doubts. Then he says, but the stupid are so confident. So that's the problem we have today. So what about us? Are we really confident and true to what we are and who we are as a people of God? Because we know unless we are convinced that this is it, then what is, what's the in life? So if there was no resurrection, the question is, what is, what, is this life really worth getting up in the morning? You go through the stress of the day, your boss is tossing you around, is it worth it? If this is, was it all. But we know that it's not. Now that theme cuts across the, first, the, the second reading and the gospel. So Jesus now, as you know, we come towards the end of the gospel of Luke. What happens? Jesus is in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, this is the very last time he's going to be there. He knows he's having a very busy week ahead of him. He's going to, there is a, uh, the entrance to Jerusalem. He weeps for the temple. He cleanses the temple. He gets some time to sit with the most powerful. There were th four main groups, the high priests, the Herodians, the, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. So he gets time to sit and give them his last take. Of course, for the Pharisees, they're questioning Jesus, where is your authority coming from? They're about the power. For the Sadducees, they control almost the liturgy, the temple worship. So they're in charge of that. They kind of, the, they trace themselves to be the sons of the high priest, Zadok, the high priest, and go back to Elon, that's the same line. So they are also the inside, controlling of the worship, they were rich. On the other hand, you also have the Pharisees. They're not a political group. Anyone who rules them, they don't care. And as long as they have freedom of worship. Those are the Pharisees. So the Sadducees don't believe in resurrection. They believe in the first five books of Moses. That's it. The prophets don't tell them. So the Pharisees themselves, they believe in the Pentateuch. They also believe in the prophets. Otherwise, for them, they believe in resurrection. So now Jesus is being asked, these are two groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They ask him about resurrection. Of course, if Jesus says there is no resurrection, he's going to piss off the Pharisees. If he says it's there, the Sadducees are going to be very offended. But of course now they asked him this very weird story, come up with this story of this poor woman married seven. She must be a hell of a woman. But we know that the whole story is made up ask yourself about resurrection. And Jesus answers by saying, this age is different from the coming age. Makes it as distinction. That in this age today, we embrace what God has given us for this age. But then there is also life after. That's why all the incarnation came to be. Jesus came as human to show us how we can live after. Otherwise, what would be the use of him coming? To teach us how to be happy, we know how to be the happy without him. So, he's telling us the very important story that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So, if God is God of the living, not only of the living, but also is a life-giving God. 
So this Sunday, as we come to worship our God, the question is, are we truly convinced of who we are? Are we truly believe, do we truly believe on whom we are and whom we, we worship? Because what God is calling us this Sunday is to reflect and ask ourselves, who are we? We are the children of the resurrection. We are the children of light. We are the children of love. So how do we live then in our lives as the children of light? By the things we do, by the way we worship our God. Because he's telling us, is the God of the living, not of the dead. So in your life, do you feel life as it was meant to be? Do you feel life is filled as it was meant to be? Sometimes we're not sure. Sometimes we think, I think I'm getting there. But Jesus is telling us that we do not have to qualify anything. Because what God did not want, he did not create. Only those he loved, he created. And gave us life here and life after. So as we come to worship today, God is asking us, can you go back and be the people of life? Can you be the people of resurrection? And so once we do that, then we can know that our God is the God of the living. When we read all the prophets, we talk about resurrection. What about, look at all these, Hosea, Daniel, all these people talk about resurrection. That life is not all about what we have now. Our life doesn't end when we die. It changes, it transforms. So the question is, how do we transform the world to be the world of resurrection? By what we do and what we say. The Lord be with you.